Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. So nice to be here. Even though the forecast on Wall Street is a little bit stormy. Wasn't a lightning storm last night. That was fun. Um, but I'm off topic. Started exercising, starting my distance running routine back up yesterday. That was not so much fun, but you have to do it. It's just like with your portfolios. You have to look at them on occasion. You can't not. Um, kind of look at them good days, bad days. I don't even look at my portfolio on a daily basis. Um, with that being said, my all-time high net worth hit an all-time high yesterday. So today, one day later, I'm not looking around going, huh, I kind of wish, I kind of wish, they, Mr. Stock Market's making me sad. It comes with the territory. Whether you're rich or you're poor, the market's not going to be at an all-time high all the time. It's a market of winners and losers. Over time, it's proven to make a lot of people wealthy by staying involved in a diversified portfolio like the S&P 500. Now, again, earlier in the show, yesterday, that's how early it was. It was over 24 hours ago. Got an email from a man who said, I'm thinking about just going all stocks because look at this. This is ridiculous. All-time highs. My bonds are kind of hurting me a little bit. And again, it's, it's all about diversity and it's about comfort levels. In 2000, 2002, when tech stocks went down 60, 65%, it was scary. Um, I didn't go into buildings that were two stories because I was afraid I was going to open the window and jump. Sad thing about me is if I ever go out on the ledge, people are going to start screaming jump. They're going to pull for me. Anyway, I digress. Housing market rebound continues. Oh, here's a story that I kind of like, kind of don't like. There is 0% of scientific evidence that vitamins do anything for you other than turn your pee expensively yellow. But yet, it is a multi-billion dollar industry. And Americans are like, well, I better take my daily vitamin this morning because I want good-looking pee by, the, by lunch. Um, GNC has filed for bankruptcy, a vitamin herbal supplement. When I was 18 and pretty uneducated and I kind of wanted to build some lean muscle while I was working out, I didn't mind going and buying these crazy powders that aren't scientifically proven and just make claims. Oh, it's got Aussie shock tooth. Aussie shock tooth is proven to give you more potency in your workouts. I'm like, well, I want more potency in my workouts. <clears throat> Yesterday I was running in between flat, uh, telephone poles and in my twenties, I wanted potency in my workout. So general nutrition, um, going bankrupt. And I'm okay with that. That seems like something that might not make it through COVID. So just 
that's one of those mall-based stores that eh, just doesn't feel right. I'd rather have a healthy salad than a pill. The FAA is finalizing inspection directive on Boeing 737 MAX planes. Big story of 2019 was Boeing. And for Boeing, I, I almost would say they got lucky that COVID came along because everyone, they were the negative story of the year last year, right? Now the FAA is getting closer. They finalized a directive requiring airlines to complete inspections on a key component that can make the Boeing 737 MAX planes vulnerable. Boeing in December issued a service bulletin that disclosed procedures for detailed inspections and repairs or replacement if needed. This is moving in the right direction. The 737 was Boeing's best-selling plane, and it's been grounded since March 2019. And we go back, you know, we were hoping by end of summer last year. So this is a big company. Um, and they're an important company. I know you're going, not to me. Well, they make essentially transportation. And they're one of two or three big players that can make planes for the world. And they've had a great track record until they didn't. It's like what a Patrick O'Hare recently said on the show when I was interviewing. He's like, you know, you can be in all stocks and you can be in all growth. And it's great until it isn't. And when it isn't. And I get it. And that's why I started the show by talking about a choo-choo train company. Maybe considering one. And maybe considering something boring like a food delivery company to cafeterias. The largest food delivery company in the world is a company called Cisco. Ticker symbol SYS. Not Cisco with a C, but Cisco with an S. But again, my job isn't to manage your portfolio. I know some great people that do that. And in coming months and years, I hope to share those with you. Uh, more and more. My goal is to help you think about your portfolio a little differently. And I think I've done a really good job. My largest holding last 20 years has been Apple, and I've told you that. Um, and it's it's been definitively my largest holding for 14 years. And I, I until recently, and I still technically haven't sold a share, but I did sell an option. I tell you that for legal reasons, but I also tell you that that I didn't get wealthy by like buying and selling. I didn't get wealthy by being a day trader. I didn't get wealthy by saying, ooh, the luck, cruise lines look great. I got wealthy by like staying with a plan. I figured out Apple when I went to the gym, and I wasn't doing, how shall we say, a potent workout. I was doing a very passive workout, trying to look good, some Lululemon, some uh, AirPods, maybe a sweatband, because sweatbands are cool. And uh, I saw everyone had Apple phones, and they had the AirPods, and the people that didn't, their phones looked big and clunky and gregarious. Am I an Apple snob? Yes. Do I look at Google phones and go, man, they kind of look like a couch? Not like a comfortable one, but like a German utilitarian couch made out of wood. I like my couches deep and cushiony. So anyway, the FAA is getting closer on Boeing, that will be a catalyst one day. When Boeing gets to be clear on the 737, and Boeing's a big part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. So that's a future catalyst. Earlier in the week, we talked about how Americans have saved a record amount of money in their bank accounts. 
me, I'm sitting with a record amount of money in my bank account, wondering what I'm going to do for vacation. Still haven't paid my taxes, so I still have a big chunk of that in cash, waiting for my account to do that. And like, there's going to be some spending, and I feel good about that. Many Americans, including myself, have a record amount of cash. Um, and again, you know what's horrible? I am freaking fracking aware that a lot of Americans have paycheck to paycheck, and I get it. I come from a, a hunger that I didn't want to work till the day I died. I saw my dad do that. So don't judge me when I say I've got a record amount of cash. I'm, I'm not. I'm just being honest. Um, and I've told you how to do this for over 20 years. And I hope and I know because that email that I got yesterday was from a long-term listener. And he said, I'm starting to think, you know, the Fed's always going to bail us out. And he's been listening for 20 years. He said, I remember the CNET days. The CNET days were fun. The CNET days was you could buy any tech stock and make money by the end of the day. Some people like doing like horse races because like for a minute there, you pick horse four and horse four is out in the lead by four links. And he's a 50 to one and he's going to make you a big payday for you. Some people really love that kind of stuff. It's like they live in the fantasy of for at least a minute there, I thought I was going to be rich. Or the lottery players. Well, I did the pick scratchers and my chances are getting hit by lightning three times in one day. I get it. Hey, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Coming up a little later in the show, we've got the one, theonlybriefing.com coming on talk a little bit about current market conditions and uh, the state of investing, so to speak. I don't think it's that grand, but you get the idea. So a lot of the economic data right now is positive compared to where we were. And where we were was in the sinkhole. It's This isn't the best we've ever seen in any way, shape, or form. It's okay. Um. As far as an economic recovery after a pandemic, it's okay. We clearly have some winners and losers. Don't get too caught up in this, is my advice. I think it's kind of a whipsaw market. It should become more of a stock traders market as we move into earnings. Because a lot of the broad-based action has already happened on the downside and on the upside. Now, again, I could be wrong. You know, um, some people... They think the day traders have taken over the market. The day traders only know how to find Amazon, Netflix, Google, Facebook on their their apps. I don't believe that's the case. Cisco is gobbling up some nice gains. Again, when I'm talking Cisco, I'm talking about Cisco. Yesterday, one of the big winners on on Wall Street was a company that I really, really want you to pay attention to. Not necessarily buy, but it's been on my radar for over 25 years. It's the largest food distributor in the world. So right there, that says something, right? Warren Buffett tends to like the businesses like where the world is made up of 7 billion people and 3.5 billion of them are men. And every night men fall asleep and every night men wake up and they've got whiskers. So every day when we go to work, we shave said whiskers. Now, if we're not going to work, then maybe the sales raises go down. But when you're the largest and you have a business, like every day people eat. Cisco's in the, deli- in the business of delivering food. 
and they're the largest. So their stock is benefiting right now from the optimism of restaurants opening up. And have you snuck out to a restaurant yet? Have you broken down? Have you said, it's really the only thing I want? You say that to your hairdresser, that I want to go to a restaurant. It's, it's the only small luxury I'll give myself. As you tell the cleaners who are in your house. Yes, California, we're cynical. Um, I really like the idea of restaurants opening back up. It sounds romantic, right? And all, my, all this, say this, I made some good Italian last night. Like my, my cooking skills are going off the hook. I've got a friend who posts a picture of his 11-year-old child with a different blue apron package every night, putting together these complex little instructional meals. And I'm like, I'm going to kick that little 11-year-old's butt. I could do better than him. So I'm posting photos. No, I'm not posting photos, but I'm competitive with him, to say the least. So Cisco does food delivery. Boring. I bring it up because it's a stock I would own if I want to own boring companies that are the largest food distributors in the world. We're not yet where drones are doing it or, you know, even drones do it. Maybe Cisco pays the drones. That's an idea. So the upcoming unleashing of restaurants across the country, and I've already seen some restaurants open that looks like it's New Year's Eve. Have we? Have you stopped and thought about that if COVID-19 had hit in like October, maybe even if it hit in December and just it wiped out people at New Year's Eve? Whoa, I had a little bit too much to drink last night and now my lungs aren't properly functioning. So Cisco has had a rough few months. They get the optimism of restaurants. And I'm talking about the SYSCO. Cisco removed more than $500 million of expenses, most notably a 33% staff reduction. This included temporary workforce furloughs and permanent reductions. They've, they've done some dramatic cuts. Now, here's one thing about the period of time we just went through. Some of these dramatic cuts, and I've been associated, I've seen one or two of them myself. People are like, ah, well, I hope you land on your feet. Um, dramatic cuts is have you know effects on businesses. Do they bring back that employee or that two employees or that thirty three percent of workforce reduction? And the answer is probably not to the level of compensation that they were at. Maybe some businesses are going to be different. Some are going to absolutely need it. But Cisco is a nice company, and I, I it should be on your radar. Earlier in the show, I was talking about a choo-choo company, Casey Southern, and it should be on your radar because they don't have a lot of competitors. The way the and again, if you and I decided, hey, let's get into the business of, of trains. Now, I like trains more than trucks, not because I don't like truckers, because I do like truckers. Kind of have this fantasy about sleeping in a, a truck one night in my life, but I don't think I'm going to make that happen. So maybe someone will start a hotel chain, call, call it Truck Stop, where people rent out truck beds, and we eat at diners, and we do corn tosses and things like that. I know you're saying you've thought way too much of this. I think I think it would have a kitschy kind of feel to it. So I've given you two ideas tonight, today, that are not sexy, that are, are that are, are totally legit, though. Consider a railroad stock. And the way the railroads are set up right now, they're kind of regional. 
and they don't have a lot of competition. And if you and I got drunk and said, let's start our own train company, we we got we to throw down those tracks. There's a big barrier to entry. And the reason I like trains more than I like trucks is because if you've ever been on the road, you see a truck driver, right? You've seen a truck driver. And sometimes you do the horn thing, and he does it with you. It's kind of fun. Um, there's only one of them. Eh, he might have a dog in his bed with a cabinet with him. He might have a uh, a monkey like the 1980s television show on ABC, BJ and the Bear, which had an amazing soundtrack. I do, I do believe it was the Eagles was the theme song for that one. I know you're saying trucker with a monkey driving around the country. Uh, his friend was a monkey. Well, he also fell in love in every different city that he was hauling stuff in. And he was also better at solving crimes than, than police officers. Oh, boy. I feel weird about saying that, right? Um, some analyst said this the other day. With the current state of America, is CBS going to go out of business because all they have is is crime procedures? And I think our view of of the police have has taken a maybe a different uh, filter. So maybe those TV shows won't be quite as luxurious, of much of an escape. I don't know. Does that make sense? Anyhow, um, I like train companies more than trucks because a train has one conductor and has 200 cars behind him, whereas a truck has one driver and either a monkey or a dog in the cabin with him, and then he just has one truck behind him. Sometimes you, you'll see like a double wide load or two too deep. It's much more profitable to be here at a train company than it is a trucking company. So I gave given you two very boring ideas today. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I didn't quite hear if Patrick O'Hare was ready as of yet. Is Patrick online? Ah, we're queuing him up right here, right now. Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. Briefing.com is a web resource that I've been using for over 20 years. Uh, fantastic information on the stock market. Um, great snapshots, great morning data points. Uh, economic calendars. Again, we just finished earnings. We're moving towards another earnings season. That's the way Wall Street works. Now we're starting to figure out how well we did in the last 90 days and how well we should do in the next 90 days. Briefing will keep you on top of this. Mr. O'Hare, how are you today? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, Current market conditions. um, Last time we talked a week ago, we were up every day. Since then, it was very narrow leadership. It felt like every day it was Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Netflix and Google. And then a couple others, but they were the kind of no-name rally. Um, Now we have a negative day. How are you feeling about where we are? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, you have the NASDAQ go up nearly 7% over the last eight sessions. The S&P 500 go up um, about 4%, and uh, and yet it feels like we haven't gone anywhere. You know, it's it's a lot of the same storylines being recycled, and, um, and the market kind of is 
uh, stalling out, if you will, um, you know, after that uh, breach a few weeks ago above 3,200, it's it's kind of uh, stuck here in a narrow trading range as we kind of vacillate between the you know the reopening optimism uh, and the uh, the angst about uh, reopening too soon, uh, which is starting to come to the fore with uh, frequent reports of you know not just rising coronavirus case counts in in some big states, but rising positivity rates in those states. And so, you know, I think the market's a little on edge here and does recognize that there's been some some concentration risk that's building maybe to an excessive level in some of these really big, you know, obviously these mega cap stocks and is sort of uh, taking some time here to maybe start to digest some things and not be so quick to react to, uh, you know, one headline or another. Patrick O'Hare, you're a a favorite of mine. You live in a big city area, Chicago. I live in the San Francisco area. I was talking with another business person yesterday, and he said, you know, Rob, what you just said about the stock market not going anywhere, he goes, I don't really think this COVID thing, as far as my lifestyle, has gone anywhere. It's like we're still kind of stuck in almost week one. We're kind of quarantined when we go out. We're social distancing. Um, He's seeing the cases stubbornly high where we are. And I found it interesting because I was like, that's bad news for the stock market. If I'm talking to someone whose business thought is that we're not really doing much right now, how are things in Chicago? And do you think we're making progress in COVID? And do you think we're making progress on opening our economy? Or is that just too big picture of a a comment for you? Well, you know, I think uh, as it relates to Chicago, I mean, things have have certainly gotten better here, you know, relatively speaking. Um, In fact, uh, the governor just uh, yesterday put out a plan that, you know, recommends the the reopening of schools in the fall with in-person teaching, you know, so um, so you can take that as a, as a positive, I think, in terms of um, uh, making some progress from the from the depths of the COVID nineteen shutdown. Um, but clearly, you know, activity is still um, there's sort of just like this marine layer of um, angst, doubt, what what have you, um, when you go out, right? Um, you want it to be sunny, but you, you know, there's still just this layer of gray hanging over things because you know. Uh, while things are reopening, there's still no cure uh, or treatment, vaccine, what have you, for uh, for COVID, and, and it, you have to face the reality that one could still be uh, further away than we all like to think. Um, so things are getting a little bit better, sure, um, but I think that uh, you know the market uh, has tried to kind of look through all of that. And I think, you know, the way, the reason it's behaved positively uh, in recent weeks in the face of reports of rising coronavirus case counts is that, you know, I think the stock market has probably already, you know, trying to account for uh, herd immunity, if you will. Um, I think that there's a growing recognition, really, that while this uh, virus is still a very grave threat for the seriously ill, um, the market is probably leaning more toward the idea that most people who do contract it will be able to recover. And so we'll just, you know, I guess for lack of a better phrase, fight through it 
uh, and deal with some of the sickness that comes with it, but ultimately keep trying to get this economy going again. And of course, then you have, you know, uh, officials at the federal level who have already announced that, you know, we're not shutting the economy down again. So you got to kind of, I think, you know, markets just need the fact that you're not going to go back to the depths of that shutdown period of March and April, and we're going to have to adjust to a new reality um, with, um, you know, with with these state economies remaining reopened, but certainly with some restrained enthusiasm that's going to, in our estimation, prolong this recovery effort. Patrick, I got a great question this week, and I bet you can have a fun answer with it. Um, I got a question from someone who's been listening for over 20 years, and he goes, I think I'm coming to the conclusion that the Federal Reserve will save the stock market every time there's a crisis. And I'm thinking about cutting down my bond exposure and going more towards stocks. And I said, don't do that because you're doing it at a high. But yeah, I kind of agree. It feels like the Fed is always coming to the rescue. Um, and that's kind of getting a little dangerous because I'm like, I invest when it always goes down. I've always done that for 20 years. Is there some truth in that thought in your head that maybe the, that we should be cutting down on our bonds with low interest rate and, and just believing the Fed's always going to save the economy and not necessarily having boring stocks balance our growth stocks? Well, I think, you know, uh, I think maybe in terms of bond exposure, you just probably probably favor more shorter maturities uh, because of, you know, if everything what the Fed is doing and all of the stimulus being tossed out around the world amongst these central banks, um, you know, you have a reasonable concern that inflation uh, is going to become, a, you know, a bugaboo again, um, maybe not in the next year or two, but four or five, you know, plus years down the road, which is really going to eat into those, um, you know, returns on, on longer data maturities in particular. But um, but I hear what, what your listener was saying, right? You know, that the, the Fed has essentially created, you know, this uh, moral hazard risk, right? Anytime things have gone bad here, um, they've stepped in to, to support, you know, the capital, the financial markets. Um, and I think the, you know, the, the thing to, to, to be aware of there, though, is that it, it's all good until one day it isn't, right? right. And, and it's, it is going to end badly because there will be a misallocation of capital because Fed right now is basically forcing people to favor, you know, riskier assets in the pursuit of higher returns. And that works up to a point. But, you know, something to keep in mind, too, is that even with, you know, what what the Fed did, we still have been exposed to 20, 30 percent pullbacks in the market here um, um, more recently. You know, certainly as we saw at the end of uh, 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 2018, I believe. Um, and, then in, and then in terms of what we saw here with dealing with the initial phase of COVID, I mean, so the Fed, you know, has had low interest rates for a long time. But you know, when sentiment and momentum shifts, it can shift in a hurry, and you know, stock prices can get you know really hurt. Uh, and so, you have to be cognizant of that, which is why it does suggest that you don't want to necessarily abandon, you know, uh, safer-minded instruments like Treasuries altogether. What I kind of got out of was exactly what you just said, but I even threw in another one. Is I said it is kind of reassuring to know that the Fed is on your side and don't fight the Fed is kind of proven true. Because I think there's some damage on the other side of the conspiracy theory that the market's going to go to zero. And it's for me, it's nice to see one listener waking up to the, I don't have to panic when things get a little too hairy, but 
I was also, I saw both positives and negatives in it, if that makes any sense. Anything else that you're working on, Mr. O'Hara, that you think can bring value to your uh, subscribers and uh, readers and audience on briefing.com? Well, uh, really, Rob, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, our subscribers might bring some value to me this week. Um, and, right. and what I'm looking at is uh, a bit of a uh, play on the, the phrase, a penny for your thoughts, and looking at a, uh, a piece you know, called a quarter for your thoughts, where I'll be looking back at what kind of transpired in the second quarter. And and I do a lot of talking. That's that's my job, right? Um, but I'm interested in hearing what our what our own subscribers are thinking about the market and, and what's going on. Because, you know, you learn a lot, obviously, from listening and, and not being so uh, locked in on your, your own singular perspective. And so I'd like to hear some more uh, feedback, really, from our subscribers and and and, uh, and get a handle on their, their thought process. People can find you at briefing.com. Um, anything else that you want to throw in while we got another minute? Well, you know, we're, we're going to roll into uh, the next uh, earnings reporting season, you know, uh, mid, mid-July or so. That's going to be really important, I think, as particularly as it relates to, you know, what the financial and the bank stocks are saying uh, in terms of reserves for credit losses. And, um, and that will proceed just, be, you know, just before we get to uh, what's being called the fiscal cliff, right, where you have the expiration of these unemployment benefits, the extra ones expiring on July 31. So that could be a really dicey period here for the market, you know, as we move into the latter half of July. So just something to uh, keep an eye out for. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hara. People can find you at briefing.com on every Wednesday. We post your stuff on my Facebook page, but people could find you also at briefing.com. A great source of information for both domestic and international markets. You can find him at briefing.com. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do actively appreciate it. And again, if Patrick just said, hey, if anyone wants to send him ideas, you can find him at briefing.com. I'll say the same thing. Uh, I feel like the show can sometimes get a little repetitive for periods of time. Last year, it was a lot of great stories. Stock market was slowly, grindingly, begrudgingly hitting highs on the back of tax reforms and positive momentum. Maybe in the China-U.S. trade deals, they were on, they were off, they were on, they were off. But the market was moving higher. And we had stories like alternative plant-based proteins. All good stuff, right? Now, the stories are very repetitive. Uh, The Fed's helping us out. Uh, politics, politics, politics is going to be a story for the next five months. I think it's going to be longer. And for the record, too many elections have been too close on election night, and too many Supreme Courts have gotten involved with the hanging shads and the whole, are we going to challenge this state or not? I don't think the drama ends in November. But that's just me being cynical. Um, just even yesterday, uh, here's how politics hits investments. There's a woman who was a reporter on CNBC, Michelle Caruso Carrero. I, I think she's half Cuban. I know that CNBC at one point in time went to Cuba and they're like, she's our woman, send her. And I think she talked about having uh, Cuban, I don't even remember. So, But anyway, she represents New York City, she represents Wall Street, she represents like immigration, 
And she ran in the primary against Alexandria Ortazio-Cortez, the socialist, as we like to refer to her in media. Um, the Democrat who wants to give everything to everyone, the Democrat who wants to de, uh, break apart the system, probably more aggressively than Bernie Sanders. Again, I'm not just passing judgment. I don't care. But AOC, as she's nicknamed, won dominantly in her primary. Um, and again, that's telling you the millennials are out there saying, we want, listen to us. If you want the, the, the vote to swing the Democrat, we like her. We don't want the Wall Street. We don't want the woman who's got more of a career. AOC was a bartender or something like that. Don't quote me. Um, but the story was they, they pointed a finger and she's one of us, AOC. So that could make voting very interesting this year, to say the least. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Stocks are dropping as the coronavirus case counts rise by records in some states. Um it's like that bad horror movie. I feel like we're on to COVID-19 part two, and then COVID-19 part three will be this fall, and that's going to be in 3D, because every third horror movie had to be in 3D, right? One of the worst ones, Friday the 13th part three, where you get to see someone's eyeballs pop out in 3D. I still don't like the 3D experience. I'd rather not see a movie in 3D. It's just that whole blech, putting on the glasses thing. And as a kid, just saying so you now, like when I was 12, and a TV station would do a, like a 3D promotion, go to Burger King now and get your 3D glasses, and on Friday night, watch the Creature from the Black Lagoon. True story. They redid the three P- Creature in the Black Lagoon in 3D. I'm like, whoa. Okay, so take a look at the markets. It's pretty broad-based. I'm seeing some oversized losers from oversized winners. Earlier this week, we talked about Penn National Gaming and how they're opening up all their casinos. And then this, this, this media shift went kind of negative last night and yesterday that more people are dying and maybe we shouldn't be open to Texas. He didn't draw a big press conference, but the governor of Texas said, maybe I should stay at home. Last week, he was like, woohoo, everyone get out. Take your six shooters with you and shoot them in the sky as much as you want. We're partying this Texas. And then yesterday, it was like, uh, y'all should, maybe some of y'all should stay home. That's kind of a walk back, but we're staying open. We're staying open. Just don't take your six shooters out. And for the record, I assume when you move to Texas, the DMV sends you your very own six shooter and 30 gallon hat. I could be wrong. And I know you're saying, isn't it a gallon hat? I like mine. It's 30 gallon hats. Housing market rebound continues. The housing market's not going to continue forever and ever. Or is it? Do you believe in the conspiracy theory that we've introduced this week that Federal Reserve cares more about keeping stock prices higher? And asset prices higher that they've lowered the cost of money to keep both of them artificially inflated. So that America is happy and not in a world of discontent. Poor people are going to be poor. Haters are going to hate. But if the landowners and the 401k owners, if they start losing their value, then uh-oh. Watch out, you know, Main Street, because we're coming to get those politicians. And I'm kidding about poor people being poor. But there is something to be said that there's a conspiracy out there that the Federal Reserve kind of works for the upper middle class and the upper class. I don't know. I'm not that conspir- conspiratorial. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. I've had two people in the last two days tell me two things that were anecdotally cautioning. We just had Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. 
say the stock market's not really going anywhere anymore. It's kind of grinding about. And then yesterday I was talking to a businessman who I'm working on some marketing projects with, some media projects, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, that said, yeah, my life doesn't feel like it's really good. Like life in the Bay Area doesn't really feel like it's unlocking. It doesn't really feel um, like we're pre-COVID. I know phase two, phase one, phase three, all that kind of stuff. But he was kind of talking more about our, our march against COVID, our, our, our ability to like say, we got this stuff under control. And for sure, if this is the second wave we're getting or if this is a recurrence, a resurgence of the first wave, our hospitals have gotten better. They've gotten more prepared. So there are some positives. But this is an interesting market because I think it got a little bit ahead of itself, economically speaking. But then again, so far, the, the earnings have been solid. It's really, really tough to, to point to the earnings and say, well, that fell, out, fell off a cliff. That's never coming back. Uh, some companies are like, yeah, we're not as bad as we thought, right? Earnings season, I felt, went pretty good there. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Tell friends about the show. That's the best possible way to get us bigger. I'll take a break. Be back in when we're back. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com.